Happy Monday, everybody. My name is Brandon Rosa, and welcome to episode 84 of the Xbox and 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. Every Monday, this podcast covers new game releases, the previous week's gaming news, and we all learn an Xbox-related fun fact together. The show is on YouTube and podcast services around the world, so please subscribe in your favorite and leave a review. Xboxin10.com, no numbers, is your quick source for links to all of our podcast destinations and social media profiles, which you can follow at Xboxin10. During the holiday week leading into the new year, there are not many game releases to discuss or news stories to go over. There were no big games out last week, and the only game coming out this week is Blacksmith of the Sand Kingdom. I wanted to highlight two write-ups this week as there was no major news. Please go give these websites the clicks as I thought there were very good write-ups about Xbox Game Pass and the best games to play on the Series X and S for all those who got them for the holidays. Number 1. Games of the Year 2020 Xbox Game Pass This is by Matthew Handerhan, Editor-in-Chief of GameIndustry.biz. At some point over the last decade, subscription services completely changed the way I discover and listen to music. I couldn't tell you exactly when the shift happened. It occurred slowly, steadily, regular purchases gave way to monthly payments, and my love of the album was rivaled and eventually subsued by playlists and individual tracks. I was one kind of music enthusiast in 2010, and somewhere in the time I became another. While is it perhaps too early to know for sure, I feel like the shift I find so difficult to pinpoint with music happened to me with video games in the course of the last 12 months. While I played many games I loved in 2020, the single product that mattered most to my playing habits was the subscription service, Xbox Game Pass. The reasons for this are manifold, but there are two that stand apart from the others. The first and most obvious being value. When Spotify launched, the cost of the music was already much lower than games. With purchases starting at £0.99 a song and rarely exceeding £15 for an album, some games are free to start and some are only £0.99. I grant you, but the products I mostly frequently buy fall between £10 and £60, Gaming has always been the most expensive of my many cultural obsessions. Like my other obsessions, there are triumphs and disappointments to be found at every price point of what admittedly is a generous range. However, where games have always been different is the distinct potency of a bad purchasing decision. The industry and the press specifically has always underestimated the nagging regret an underwhelming AAA game can inspire when bought at full price. I have always found it easier to shrug off a £12 ticket to a boring film than a disappointing game I played for the same length of time at the AAA cost. While there is much to discuss about the economics of all-you-can-eat subscription services for developers, from a consumer standpoint it's close to a no-brainer. For larger and more expensive games in particular, a solution that occupies the middle ground between full price and the divisive compromises of free-to-play increasingly feels like the healthiest evolution of the industry's long-tail thinking. This feeds directly into the second reason for the speed with which Xbox Game Pass made its case for subscription services in 2020, choice. This industry is notoriously, bewilderingly prolific and staying on top of just the most talked about games in any given month. Itself a very narrow slice of the full release schedule is close to impossible, even for those with jobs that more or less pay them to do so. It is no insult to Dead Cells that I didn't manage to play it in the three years since it first appeared, and the fact that I ultimately took the plunge when it hit Xbox Game Pass was not equivalent to a lost sale for its developer, Motion Twin. The reality is I may have never experienced Dead Cells if I hadn't been reminded of its place in my pile of shame when it arrived on Microsoft Surface earlier this year. I'm glad I did, it's one of the very best games I've played in 2020 and I'll be waiting for whatever Motion Twin does next. The same is true for Asobo Studios' wonderfully atmospheric A Plague Tale Innocence. An affecting story that never repeats itself across a dozen or so wholly satisfying hours, I was floored by the original thinking evident in even the smallest details of Nier Automata's design which gave life to a subgenre that had never been entirely to my taste. I spent dozens of hours in city skylines, constructing utopian realities to escape the screaming imperfections of our own. Would I eventually have purchased these games? 
Perhaps, though likely at a steep discount many years after their debuts. Do each of these studios now have a more ardent supporter from all their future products? Certainly, an Xbox Game Pass is the reason why. And the list goes on and on. Doom Eternal, Yakuza Like a Dragon, Metro Exodus, Yoku's Island Express, Prey. All excellent, all play through Microsoft subscription service. The reason I chose the platform over any of these specific titles is the manner in which I arrived at the decision to play them. This year, when I desperately needed escape from the stresses of work and the mundanity of lockdown, there was no one place I turned to for relief more than the button for Xbox Game Pass. It allowed the breadth and diversity of video games to be a constant in my life, to a degree that limits of my bank balance wouldn't have allowed if those purchases had to be made individually. If I could briefly swap the comfy baseball cap of the game consumer for the prim bowler of the business journalist, I have to admit that the pragmatic reality of offering a couple of hundred games for a few pounds a month remains difficult to grasp. Xbox leadership maintains that Game Pass subscribers play and spend more outside of the service than they did before they signed up, but that doesn't quite track with my own experience. Did I invest time and money in games outside of Game Pass in 2020? Sure. As much as in previous years, I very much doubt it. However, those may be concerns for future years. For now, in 2020, Game Pass has grown in my estimation from a nice idea to what feels like a mainstay of the video game market, with 15 million subscribers and growing fast. The genie is out of the bottle, and with the value and choice it provides to consumers, I don't see any possibility of cramming it back in. I thought this was a great write-up and anecdote from someone as big as editor-in-chief of GameIndustry.biz with his experience of Xbox Game Pass in 2020. Game Pass is undoubtedly and irrefutably the best value in gaming. It continues to impress me and allows me to try so many games that, like he, I might not have paid for myself, but because it's included in my subscription, I have no problem trying it. The barrier to entry is so little, and I'm so excited to see more casual gamers give it a try, because it will open their horizons and see other games that they might like that they normally would not try if they had to buy them individually. Can't wait to see what Xbox and Game Pass do in 2021. I can't wait. And number two, the best Xbox Series X and S optimized games. This is by Sean Carey at True Achievements. The Xbox Series X and Series S are two powerful machines that give players access to features previously reserved for PC gamers. We can now experience the higher frame rates, ray tracing, insanely quick load times, and features such as quick resume, but which games handle all these next-gen features the best? The list of Xbox Series SS optimized games is slowly growing, and we rounded up some of the top 5 best performing games currently available on next-gen consoles. Number 1, Halo the Master Chief Collection. The optimization update for Halo the Master Chief Collection allows you to play the 6-part compilation with a bunch of visual and performance improvements. On the Series X, Halo MCC outputs in glorious 4K running at 120 frames per second, while the Series S displays at 1080p and also targets the 120 frames per second sweet spot on both consoles. The collection looks and runs superbly. The more powerful machines also mean that Halo MCC can run similar enhanced graphic settings taken from the PC version, and 4-player split-screen runs at a steady 60 frames per second. The Series X and S is really one of the best ways to play the Halo Master Chief Collection, is only bested by top-end PCs. Number 2, Gears 5. Gears 5 is hands down one of the best looking games on the Xbox Series X and S. So much so that Microsoft was using the game to showcase what the new console could achieve. Gears 5 was already a visually impressive game on the Xbox One, but the Series X and S really takes things in the game to another level. On the Series X, the campaign is playable in 4K60, complete with ray-traced screen space global illumination and HDR. Levels and character models are filled with detail, the muzzle flash of a gun illuminates darker areas, and the frame rate is stable. It's truly breathtaking. At the cost of resolution, Gears 5 multiplayer can be played at 120 frames per second on both consoles, which makes for a buttery smooth and more responsive multiplayer experience. Forza Horizon 4 
Forza Horizon 4 is the top game to go if you're looking for the next-gen racing experience on your Series X and S. Although ray tracing hasn't been included in the optimization update, a bunch of other improvements have. On the next-gen consoles, you can now thrash some of the world's top-end cars throughout Forza Horizon 4's beautiful open world and native 4K at 60 frames per second. Frame rates are king when it comes to racing games, and Forza Horizon 4 provides a consistently stable 60 frames per second racing experience, even in the most demanding circumstances. All these reasons include your visuals, improved shadows, better reflections, faster load times, and higher particle effects. Quality puts in Forza Horizon 4 in a pole position for the best optimized racing game currently available on the Xbox Series X and S. Ori and the Will of the Wisps One of the year's best games received one of the most impressive Series X and S upgrades back in November. Moon Studios has made full use of the raw power of the two new consoles, making Ori's latest adventure playable in crisp 4K and at a locked 120 frames per second. On the Series X, Ori and the Will of the Wisp can run at 6K before being super sampled down to a 4K, making for incredibly sharp image quality which still performs at a stable 60 frames per second. Although Ori and the Will of the Wisps isn't the most demanding game, it definitely is one of the most pretty. Additionally, Will of the Wisps benefits from the Series X and S SSD with faster load times and quick resume. And number 5, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Although Assassin's Creed Valhalla did suffer from some pretty horrendous screen tearing on the next-gen consoles, but now Ubisoft has managed to clear that up. Valhalla is a must-buy for anyone who's after an open-world action-adventure that's playable at 4K60. The game's most recent update even included performance and quality modes on next-gen consoles, so if you're looking for a more cinematic experience while exploring middle-aged England, you could drop the frame rate and really boost the game's already gorgeous visuals. If you prefer a more responsive experience, switching over to performance mode offers more fluid and smoother gameplay. Whatever setting you pick, Valhalla performs and looks stunning on Xbox Series X and S consoles, and thanks to that speedy SSD, load times have been significantly reduced. As always, we end our show with a fun fact about Xbox, and given the long discussion about Xbox Game Pass, I thought I'd share a fact. Credit to Rory Young at GameRant.com. The one number that has been provided by Xbox is a subscription total of over 10 million users that they shared in April for Xbox Game Pass in 2020. As of September of 2020, that subscriber number was said to have grown by 50%, and as such, subscribers all but certain to be above 15 million, but maybe not quite at 20. It is crazy to see how far Xbox Game Pass has grown in such a short time. You have to imagine come springtime, we could be hitting that 20 million mark with the release of the new consoles and how many people are adopting Xbox Game Pass and learning about the amazing benefits it provides for us, the consumers. Thank you all for listening to an episode of the Xbox in 10 podcast, your weekly source of Xbox gaming news covered in around 10 minutes. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast service, share with your friends, leave a review, and follow on all social media at Xbox in 10. This past week, I've continued to play Call of Duty Warzone, I played Call of the Sea, which I really enjoyed. It was a very beautiful game, but the puzzles were just too hard for me. I had to follow a guide to get my way through it, but I really enjoyed my time. I also played through and beat Twin Breaker, a Sacred Symbols adventure created by Colin Moriarty, who is a big podcast influence of mine. A fun, neat little experience and a brick breaker, which is a genre I don't play too often. My name is Brian Rose. You can follow me on Xbox at Rose 93 I hope you all have a great week and keep on gaming.